When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and one of the things that I really like about this podcast is that I get a lot of emails from you guys, and I apologize, sometimes I don't get back to all of you guys, and I, I really try to. Sometimes it's like a couple of weeks late, but I really don't I really don't want to do that, but sometimes you just can't help it. I get a lot of emails every day, and so it can be it can be overwhelming at times. But anyways, I do read them all, and one of the cool things that I, I like is that you all give me a lot of suggestions on and, and ideas of what to do my podcast show on. So oftentimes I'll get something about, hey, that Tesla trade that you did last week. Hey, can you go over that in a little bit of detail? Or, and I did that. Or you'll, I'll get something like, "Hey, how did you know this stock was going to break out? Or why, why did you get out of that stock early? Or what, what was your feelings about that that loss that you took on in trade X Y Z?" So, the, yeah, the that that is that is something that that I really appreciate. That I, I always look forward to getting these kinds of emails because sometimes. I, I'm like running around the week. I'm like, what am I going to talk about on this podcast? I really don't know yet. Um, so it's, it really helps with your suggestions. So keep them coming in. Always send me a uh, There's a good chance I'll do a podcast on whatever you ask me to do. Um, as long as it's not something totally crazy. Like, hey, in your next podcast, can you tell me your social security number? Of course, I'm not going to do that. But anyways, today's podcast is going to be the anatomy of a good trade setup. And there's a good chance that this will be a two-part series because I maybe it's even a three-part series. I don't know. Well, I'll keep an eye on the time on this podcast because I do try to keep them to somewhere between like 13 to 17 minutes, so I'm not just talking your ear off. So, anatomy of a good trade setup has a lot of components to it. Not a lot of hard components, quite honestly. It's not stuff that takes a brain surgeon to to figure out. Okay, and oftentimes your brain surgeons are your worst kinds of traders anyway. So. But the anatomy of a good trade setup has many parts, and a lot of it's just things that you start to do subconsciously over time. So the first one is you have to be willing to plan ahead. You have to have a desire to plan out the trade. You can't just be like, ah, Jim Cramer said buy Amazon tonight. It's going to have a great earnings. I'm going to buy it. You know, and you buy it and you lose money, which is probably the case with most of Kramer's stock picks. Which is funny because, did you know that Jim Kramer actually has me blocked on Twitter? I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's a badge of honor. I, I've, I've talked about it before. I, I always think it's kind of funny because basically what he did is, is uh, I called him out on one of his picks that he made on a show or on his Twitter feed. I can't remember what it was, but he said, this stock's going to be the next great stock. And it was like a disaster. And so I just said, hey, you know, why don't you start telling people how to get out of the trade when they when they make a bad trade? And I think he made a uh, 
made made a comment that was kind of like indirect towards me, and then he blocked me. Oh well, what are you gonna do, right? Care less. Uh, there's things that he does that's actually pretty good. I just I don't really have much respect because I think it's so much show. I, I just don't think he's he's as good as he makes himself out to be. He tries to make, to, in my opinion, I think that he makes himself to be some kind of like rock star trader and i don't know i I just don't see it i personally just don't see it any case enough about kramer and most of cnbc most of cnbc has me blocked on social media people i don't even know who some of these people are and they still block me whatever i haven't got cnbc itself i would love for cnbc to actually block me anyways the anatomy of a good trade setup first you have to be willing to plan ahead i've already mentioned that but it's worth repeating again because if you just get into the trade and we use Jim Cramer as an example, you know, about, you know, just buying it just for the heck of buying it. But you have to plan ahead. And that's one of the things I always try to do in the in the trading block is I, I lay out the details of the trade. Where am I getting in at? Where am I getting out at? I review it every day. That's all part of the plan. That's part of the plan of constantly monitoring the stock, selling portions, raising the stop loss, letting the rest run higher. And all that goes into having a willingness to plan ahead and to manage the trade. So when I put a trade setup out there and when I take a trade for myself, I'm not just buying this on a on a whim. A lot of the stuff has been done the night before. I've been planning ahead. I've been going through my watch list. I've been looking at the stocks that show me the best opportunities for a risk reward setup that could pay nice dividends in the future. I ask myself, can I even manage the risk on this trade? So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. But in number one, it's it's kind of a more of a generality, having the desire to be willing to plan, plan for the trade, plan the trade, plan ahead. Number two is also kind of a mindset as well. But a lot of trading is mental. So much of trading is mental. And that's what gets so many traders into trouble is because they don't conquer the mental game. I think that there's a lot of better traders than me out there in terms of probably finding better trade setups, you know, better execution, but they don't have the mental game. And I think that is so incredibly important. I'm not like some person that does not feel emotions. I'm actually a very emotional person when I take someone like the, like the Myers-Briggs or that, I can't remember what the new one that everybody talks about, the Enneberg or Enneman, the Enne, I don't know. You, you, some of you all might know what I'm talking about exactly, but all of them say I'm actually an emotional uh, person. And uh, while I don't, I don't sit around and I like, cry about things, uh, I do, I do feel the emotions of things. I can feel the anxiety. I can feel the depression, depression, depending on what what it is is uh, affecting those those moods. But it's about controlling them and trading. And I think a lot of times, because I do have those emotions, I do know that if left unchecked, they could be a liability to me that I I do everything I can to, to manage those. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get mad. I've broken keyboards trading. I've broken mouse, mice. Is it mice for for a multiple mouse, mouses? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done a lot of those things. And that doesn't mean that's like a something I'm proud of or anything else. It's, I'm not proud of it like I am about being blocked by Jim Cramer on, on Twitter or Doug Cass and, and those uh, blowhards. But, but I do have emotions and I do, I do feel the disappointments that come with a losing trade and the excitement and euphoria that comes with a winning trade. And if I'm to be honest, I probably hate a losing trade 10 times more than I do in terms of my love for a winning trade. 
I'm up 20% on the trade. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like I'll go take, you know, half off. I lose 3% on a losing trade. I'm like, not very happy about it. You know, I, I took a loss on GLW today, Corning. It stopped me out. I kind of thought about that all day, you know. And meanwhile, I've got got SPCE, which has run up 11% on the day. And I got multiple other trades that are up 3% on the day. But that GLW just kind of got under my skin. Actually, GLW was like a 6% loss. I'm sorry, 6% loss. Um, I'm not sure what I was confusing with 3%. But in any case, it was a 6% loss. Yeah, it, a little bit more than, than uh, I enjoy taking on a losing trade. But still, it, it kind of bothered me all day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But back to the anatomy of a good trade setup because I got a little bit derailed there talking about the emotions. But what number two is, is expect to be wrong. You have to expect to be wrong in your trades. Most trades that I put up, I, I, I don't know if it's a doom and gloom in me or not, but I, I always assume that I'm just going to be wrong on the trade. I, I've done articles about this and everything else on SharePlanner.com. I always figure I'm going to be wrong. I don't know if that's a healthy thing or not, but it's always kind of surprising when a trade works out. I'm like, huh, look at that. The trade's rallying. The stock's rallying. Look, I'm making money on this thing. That's great. But I don't ever really expect that for, for some reason. I don't know. It always catches me by a little bit by surprise. And I've done this over and over and over again through the years. And I've been able to be consistently successful for so many years now. But it always catches me by surprise. I'm like, whoa, man, that's amazing. I, I, I honestly feel that sometimes that I deserve my losing trades and I'm lucky on my, my winning trades. But it all goes back to I expect to be wrong on my trades. And why is that important? is because it helps me be cognizant of the risk that can lie ahead in a trade. So number three is, why do you want to get in the stock? What is your edge? Just like number two, you have to be expect to be wrong. For number three, you got to know why. Maybe you got to know why you want to be wrong. But no, I mean, all kidding aside, you got to know why you want to get into this trade. What is your edge? What is the edge that you're trading off of? Do you have a reason for getting into the stock? Oftentimes, people get into a stock because they're, they fear of missing out on something. That's not a good reason. You see people making a lot of money in Tesla, or you see a lot of people making money in Microsoft. And you're like, oh, I don't have a position in this. I need to get into it. And let me tell you, I put out, I sent out a, um, a, a, a message to all the people on the trading block today saying, hey, I'm looking at getting into Tesla right now. And it's probably a, at a time when there's not a lot of people getting into it because the volume's very low. It's not really moving much. It's had its huge run-up, but it's consolidating nicely. But I'm kind of anticipating another move to the upside. So I got a trade set up out there. But right now, it's not rallying. People weren't fearing missing out on anything. It's just sort of sitting there, and nobody's really buying that much. It's actually below average volume, which it hasn't seen that in a while. But I know why I want to get in there. There's a continuation triangle pattern there, and it's... It's an ideal setup. I feel like that I can manage the risk to my liking. And I think there's enough reward to the upside to, you know, anywhere from like four or five to one of what I think the risk is to the downside if I get stopped out. 
But you have to know what your edge is. So for the Tesla trade that I put out there today, I know what my edge is. I just explained it to you. There is there's some consolidation, a light volume pullback, and I think that it's it's only a matter of time before it breaks back out to the upside of that consolidation. So you have to know what your edge is. Why are you wanting to get in this particular trade? Whether it's Apple, whether it's Tesla, you have to know. And then when the more volatile they are, you really got to hammer home your reason for getting into them. Because if you're just getting into them because you're thinking, I'm going to get rich off of this, that's a bad reason. You don't want to do that. Man, come on. Everybody wants to be a trader or who wants to be a trader does it because they want to get rich, right? Nobody ever thinks about, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to become a trader because I like managing the downside or I like uh, I like being wrong 50% of the time. Nobody does it for that. Nobody. Everybody wants to do it because they want to make money. Okay? But that's the very thing that gets you into trouble. You don't you don't want to do it for that very reason. Your your reason once you are into trading should be to manage the risk. To to manage the the problems that arise with trading because there's going to be plenty of them that do happen. Now, on to point number four here. The first three have to be willing to plan ahead. You've got to lay out the details of the trade. And in next week's podcast, when I continue this, this two-part series, I'm going to get into that. Number two, expect to be wrong. I always expect to be wrong. It just surprises me when I'm right. Number three, why do you want to get into the trade in the first place? What is your edge? Why are you getting into it? It better not be because of FOMO. It better not be because you hope to get rich. Those are not valid reasons. And number four, there's no obvious pitfalls. Perfect example of that today. I've been watching this one stock, plural site. PS is the symbol. And man, it has this beautiful cup and handle pattern. It was starting to break out. I was like, man, I want to get into this thing. Two pitfalls. One is I've already got plenty of software stocks, okay? And there's none of them that I really want to cut out for them because my... By and large, I'm pretty happy with my my softwares. You know, I got SMAR. It's up like 16% for me. And I got COUP that's just now starting to bounce and give me a good move. And I'm up about 3% on that. And there's others. There's Square. I'm up a good chunk of change in that one as well. But Pluralsight has all the makings for a stock that wants to go higher. But the first pitfall is, is that I don't need to add any more software, okay? Because software at times can be really fickly. They can all just sell off at the drop of a hat. And when they do, it's like five, six percent. Sometimes when they do sell off. And so if I have all software stock in my portfolio, that's not going to be a very fun day. It's going to be very difficult to manage the risk when that happens. So I can't load up the portfolio with too many of them. The second one, and this is the really the big pitfall, it had earnings after the bell. Yeah, I, I hate the fact that it was breaking out today and it had earnings after the bell, but Let's forget about the fact that I have a number of software stocks in my portfolio already. Let's say that it was a legitimate trade setup that it made sense for me to get into, but it had earnings after the bell. Well, I would have gotten in probably around 2050 today. Earnings comes out. Guess where it's trading at right now? At this very moment, Pluralsight is trading at $19.18. So you're talking about a 7% sell-off there after hours? It may keep going lower. I mean, it hasn't really bounced yet at all, so who knows? But that was an obvious pitfall. Don't trade the earnings. That's my biggest thing. I there's time, there's times where I want to trade earnings. There are, but I know that I can't just do that all the time. That it's not wise to do that. I don't know where earnings is going to take a stock. Take a stock. I never know where it's going to take a stock. As a result, I can't just play the earnings 
thinking that I have an edge or that there's a reason why I believe that it's going to keep going higher because you're basically hoping that the analysts, whatever numbers they come up for what what they where they expect the revenue and the earnings to be or future guidance, that that somehow the company will be able to beat that and that there won't be any pitfalls in their estimations. So I don't trade earnings. And PS was breaking out today. It looked great, but they had earnings today. And I'm not going to go buy a stock right before earnings and then watch myself get wiped out on the trade. That's stupid. Okay, so I didn't trade it. That is an obvious pitfall. So anyways, I'm kind of pushing the the boundaries of how long I want this particular podcast to be. So I'm going to wrap it up here. And uh, next week, I'm going to get into the next four points. And who knows, maybe maybe there's a point or two that I forgot and I'll have to add it to that that next podcast. But anyways, I'll have it for you next week. So as they say in uh, TV or in cinema or no, I guess it's just TV. They say stay tuned. Or in the case of Back to the Future, it's to be continued. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.